again talking about coaching. I'm here with Yannick and with Sivash. And um, the question I bring, I'm bringing to the session today was around cancellations. Specifically, you know, what do you do when you've had a, a session scheduled with a client and they're just a no-show on the day without any warning or whatsoever? I guess um, that's happened to the to me for the first time actually today, and it just it, it it raised a question I hadn't asked myself before around kind of oh you know should I have a cancellation policy because it mm. just made me aware that I you know I'd mm. scheduled my morning around this you know I'd rescheduled another client around this meeting I'd kind of gone through our notes and prepared for the meeting I'd done my meditation before the meeting I I put in quite a lot of time around this meeting so. It didn't, I wasn't at all upset by it. It just made me think like, oh, if this happened all the time, then of course, if I don't have a cancellation policy, that's, that's quite difficult for me. So yeah, is that something I, could, I should think about? So I'm curious. I have obviously not had that much chance to think about it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, no-shows are difficult, right? Um, I, I very very rarely now have that usually occasionally somebody gives me like a very short notice um i do remember vividly sitting there and waiting for the client to show up and it's not happening um the more you charge the less that is going to happen um so that's a good thing but like uh, it does it does happen and um the wider issue around cancellation policy is, is probably a good one. For a long time, for years, I didn't have a written contract because I didn't want to have a written contract. You know, it, it felt a personal thing to agree on things and then, you know, it happens. Um, I, I really like that. Um, but then after a while, I wanted to be a bit more safe uh, when it comes to these kind of agreements. And first of all, it was a really useful exercise to write the contract because these are the bits that are in writing that are generally non-negotiables. You know, these are the bits that I need you to agree on in order to work with me. Mm -hmm. So just as an exercise for a professional coach, that was really important. Um, I do now generally offer that, you know, when I send people the contract, um, I say, hey, have a look through that contract. If there's anything you'd, you're not clear on or something you'd like to amend, let me know and we can talk about it. Um, but it's, it's a useful exercise. It does include a cancellation policy. And uh, I generally ask for 24 hours in advance. And I say, otherwise, uh, I might, I might, so I may um, uh, charge you for the session or you lose 45 minutes of the agreed time. Um, because depending on how I work with people, uh, quite often I block several hours, uh, two or three, depending on the, on the program, um, to work with people. So uh, in some of these, they can take as much time as they want. And then I take that time off the, off the complete hour package. Um, so they might lose 45 minutes of their time or they might lose the session. You know, or they might be charged for the session if they haven't paid already up front. Mm -hmm. So I may. I, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt because if somebody comes contacting me and said, I'm so sorry, like, you know, this happened. And, you know, I don't know, we had an accident or, you know, uh, my son got ill and, you know, I had to go to the hospital and I just, you know, my head was going mad and I just, I didn't think about canceling. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm generally lenient with that the first time that happens, you know. Um, so there's a human element to it that I don't really mind so much about, especially if it's uh, like if you charge a reasonable amount and like usually I have lots of work that I need to do. 
and then when the person doesn't show up or when they cancel last minute, it's generally fine for me because I, I don't go through that process you describe, you know, of, you know, having tuned in, maybe reviewed the notes, you know, really tuned in, be present, do five minutes of meditation and then wait there for 10, 15 minutes for them to arrive, not really being able to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's a different story to somebody canceling 21 hours in advance Mm -hmm. um, and me being able to use the time effectively, Mm -hmm. you know, that's okay with me. So I think it's differentiated, Uh, but I also understand if some clients or some coaches would say, look, uh, this is my, this is my policy. And if you miss a session, you don't get it back. You know, I knew one coach who said, if you miss a session, we stop coaching together altogether. We can't miss a session. (laughs) (laughs) So it really depends on, uh, on how that coach wants to handle these kind of things. Mm And that'll probably get Silvers talking for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think for me, it's been really useful to keep it simple and, and contract that upfront, whether it's written or verbally. Um, but I think also, you know, I want to I pay attention to, you know, like Yannick said, to the relationship. I personally don't want to be like the doctor or the dentist who will just say, hey, you missed it, but here's, here's the bill. <laughs> right? So I don't do session you know, session by session. Mm-hmm. Most of my um, packages are six months, 12 months. But, you know, if it happens again and again, I will take it off. You know, if there's 12 sessions, I will take one off. Mm-hmm. And I think personally, what's more important to me is just bringing it up in the coaching session. So if someone misses one session, usually the next session we're coaching on that. And again, it's not so much, you know, forced, but I know there's so much stuff that's going to be useful there. Or if someone comes late, Right. Mm-hmm. So personally, I, I see that things don't happen in isolation mm-hmm. unless, you know, it's someone like, you know, if it's one off, like, hey, you know, I had to go to the hospital. Most of the time I see that things are, mm-hmm. you know, you know, how we do one thing is how we do everything. Everything's for me, like everything is connected. So I really want to slow down with that. And I actually work with a client right now, you know, um, yeah, I, wor- I work with a client right now that you know, missed two, three sessions before we started working together, right? Missed them before? What do you mean? Yeah, so we, we, we had a session arranged and then she canceled last minute. Like a consultation? Then, yeah, so the uh-huh. kind of like pre, pre-working together, like the enrollment uh-huh. conversations. And then the, the interesting thing is, and this never happened to me before, we rescheduled and then canceled again last minute. And then we rescheduled and then she didn't show up, uh-huh. right? Um, wow, what do you do then? So for me, sometimes I would just say, well, hey, you know what? I don't think there's a commitment here. And I actually, I asked my coach and, you know, he basically told me what he would do. And I really slowed down to that. And I thought about it for a day and I did the opposite, right? The opposite of what even what I would do normally is basically just saying, hey, I don't think we're a good fit. And I just got curious in terms of what is going on. And it was great because, you know, she opened up and told me what's going on, you know, and then we got. How, into- how did you do that? Was that by email or did you give her a call or how did you, how did you start that conversation? Um, no, it, it was just, um, it was just a Facebook conversation, Facebook messenger. So All for right. me, I think it was something, you know, um, I just, I just said, Hey, just curious. What, what is going on in your world? Like this has happened two, three times now. And then, you know, and I, and, I, and I said, look, there is no judgment here. There's no criticism. I just want to, I'm just really curious. Mm-hmm. And then she opened up and said, well, 
you know what? I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to work with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm in this place to buy. And I said, well, what if this conversation wasn't a sales conversation? And then she got on the call, on the call and we had a great coaching session. And then, you know, she became a 12 month client. And, and mm-hmm. here's the thing, what I, what I noticed there, and she might be watching this, so that's, that's totally okay. And I think, um, I think it's been super useful in this coaching, like a great learning journey for both of us, where it still sometimes happens in the, in the coaching. Mm-hmm. And I think by me, again, just not taking it personally, putting my ego aside, right? I've seen that this is happening in a lot of different areas in her life, mm-hmm. right? And I've been able to coach her and there's so much growth that's come out of that. And again, you know, you know, six months ago, one year ago, I probably have done something else, right? So this is not something that coaches need to be doing. I don't think we need to always do things in a certain way. But for me, like here, there's been so much, so much learning for myself, not mm-hmm. just, you know, following a protocol and saying, well, you know what? You missed it. You're not committed. Mm-hmm. This is not going to work, Right. Yeah, so, not yeah. many coaches exclude clients on that basis. You know, the when I hear the the time wasters, you know, the ones who are not a good mm-hmm. match. You know, there's there's a lot of coaches uh, out there who only work with people who are 160% committed. Mm-hmm. You know, because yes, it's more likely that they will you know go quite far and they will make changes very quickly because they're already super committed. You know, and I understand why some coaches pick their clients very carefully in that sense, because they, you know, often give you the most glowing testimonials, you know, and uh, it's much easier to work with them than, you know, helping somebody to push through some initial barriers. And um, I really like, I mean, I really like what you said about, you know, getting curious, um, because that's my default mode about this, setting your ego aside and getting really curious. This is probably not about you. Um Chances are that there's something in the dynamic potentially, and that's perhaps something to take to supervision or to reflect on. Um, but there's, there's something to get curious about, you know, what, what's going on there for you? Um, on the other hand, I can also totally understand if somebody misses two or three consultations and they don't show up, that they are, they are wasting your time, you know, um, they, they were ready, you were ready, you were there. And that person is like, didn't have that kind of commitment to show up to the session. Mm-hmm. There's space to get curious. And I would love to know, but after three times, I think I would have a personal threshold for sure. Maybe even earlier to be like, well, you know, I do it once. And the second time I get really curious, but if they then not respond or even book in a third time with a, you know, perhaps a really good explanation of why that's happening. And then a third time it happens again. I think there needs to be a serious conversation about, you know, how we can make this work for both of us. Um, because it's not just that this needs to work for you, my client. Um, I think coaches sometimes forget about uh, that they also have a say in this. You know, what I want is also important. And I can, you know, say, this is the way that I work, take it or leave it, mm-hmm. you know we can draw some lines and that's, that's not just okay. Sometimes it's actually extremely powerful because a client who might have not have the commitment to sign up or to show up, you know, once they realize there's some very clear boundaries, professional boundaries and personal boundaries that my coach draws very clearly, then they know, well, if I decide that I want to do something about this and I want to work with Yannick or Sivas or Nikki, you know, then this is what I'm going to have to bring. And if I don't bring that, then I can't work with them. And that's okay too. You know, you make yeah. those decisions. 
that's been really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, something else that's coming up is just really thinking, well, what is, what is influencing my decision here? Because there has been times where, you know, um, in the past where I worked with a really high paying client and, and she wouldn't show up and I would just allow it, even though deep inside, I was like, well, you need to bring this up. You need to bring this up. And I didn't, right? And it's part of that fear of losing the business. So we, we, we really want to pay attention to like, what is influencing our decisions? You know, am I holding back because I want to keep the business? Am I holding back because I want to just keep a good relationship, right? Because it will, you know, we can do it, of course, we can ask permission and then challenge someone or bring it up and that can break the report in that moment, right? And sometimes actually being willing to let go of people if that really serves them. And that's again, you know, and by the way, like talking about it's easy, this has been like a real journey, mm -hmm. you know, for me personally, like working with really successful people that are paying a lot, that's been the hardest work. But when I've been able to slow down and just say, you know what, I'm okay with letting it go. A lot of them actually stayed and they've said that that was the most useful where I just actually was straightforward with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, that that's been for me like moments of courage, mm -hmm. you know? Like now it's, it's often easy to say, well, you know, speak the truth or say what no one else is willing to say. But for me, like that, that was a long journey because before mm -hmm. I was very much like, well, let's keep it simple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we don't need yeah. to, uh, let's avoid con confrontation or let's avoid, you know, these things. And also like, how often does it happen in these, in this day and age? Like you make a mistake, you don't show up you know, you lose the opportunity. Um, you know, a lot of the of the sales processes are out there. They are actually designed around, here's your one chance, the opportunity to, mm. to work with me, you know, and you don't want to miss this one opportunity that you get, you know, building in scarcity and, you know, time pressure. And uh, that's what gets people to sign up because the it seems that a lot of the world is, is uh, built in this kind of way. Like you make one mistake and then you're out. You make a mistake and you're fired. You know, um, and spending time in an environment where you can make mistakes and instead of getting fired, that person cares even more, perhaps, or gets really curious, mm -hmm. you know, where you're not just out, where somebody is like, hey, well, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, Simon Sinek talks about that. It's like, instead of like your numbers aren't, uh, aren't on there, you know, uh, what's wrong? It's like, hey, well, what's, what's up? You know, what's, what's going on for you? What's happening in your life? As Sivers said earlier, you know, that, um, well, that, that this, this kind of behavior comes out, mm -hmm. you know, not making it about you. I think that's such a, mm -hmm. such a difficult thing to do sometimes, you yeah. know, because of course yeah. we get triggered in this kind of dynamic, you know, we, we can't help, but consider that we are not good enough. So they didn't show up or they didn't value the coaching enough. Or maybe there was that thing that I said last time, or maybe I picked the wrong kind of homework or like whatever your, your approach to coaching is. Uh, it, it's normal to consider these kind of thoughts and it's important that we distinguish them and, you know, um, figure out what we do with that. You know, these are thought events that just kind of happen. That's why I think coaching uh, supervision is so important uh, that we yeah. have a space to kind of separate what's going on for us and what's going on for the client and what's going on between us. And these can be three very different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, something that has been really useful for me is creating a little process, you know, five minutes for just five minutes. It doesn't need to be like an hour after every session. I ask myself two, three questions. What worked well? You know, what can I improve? And what would I do different? Mm -hmm. Right. And just what did these questions do? They raise my awareness. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, it worked well. I, you know, I created a bit of space to this. And, and by the way, like in my first year, when I was doing this, a lot of times I said, well, I talk too much. You know, mm -hmm. talk less, ask more questions. And then just, you know, this process has helped me improve so much mm -hmm. because it went from like, well, I noticed this, but I didn't bring it up. Or the mm -hmm. client came late and I just said, well, it's okay. Well, actually it wasn't okay, right? And it's just being really aware of why we do what we do and just, you know, really slowing down. And again, you know, having a coach that can, you know, help you with, or a supervisor, I think is so important in actually growing as a coach and becoming better at, you know, not so much, you know, like, again, not so much following, you know, protocol, but just really getting into what, you, you know, getting into alignment with what you want, what you want to do, and what you want, what you're saying and what you're, how you're showing up as a coach. Mm -hmm. Because so often I think, you know, we hold back. We hold back and I think often it goes, it affects the relationship in a negative way because they just see it as just another person because that's what their friends and family do. And again, you know, not saying that in a judgmental way, but that's what their friends and family, they're, they're okay with people coming late and letting them down, right? But as a coach, we can create a space where, and again, for, you know, obviously having the best in mind for, for their growth, not leaving our own agenda aside. And sometimes it's really hard. But what I've found useful is this process has helped me just improve a little bit and build that muscle of, you know, bringing the truth above the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the, the crucial bit on the kind of practical side here is uh, to get in touch with somebody who has canceled or who has not shown up. Because uh, what happens sometimes is that we write them an email and we don't hear back. Or we write them a Facebook messenger and they don't respond, you know, or we try to give them a call and they don't pick up. And we still don't know. We have all of these assumptions, what this was about, you know, um, maybe they're dead, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe some, maybe they didn't like me, you know, maybe they just like pretended that this was super useful and booked in the next session because, you know, they just wanted to get out of the situation and, you know, um, but we don't know, we don't know. Um, and that can be really difficult. And I have found myself sitting there on my keyboard or with my phone in my hand and, you know, hesitating and trying to figure out what am I going to write? Um, how can I formulate this so that they know it's okay to, uh, it's okay to have missed the session if it was an important reason, but I also don't want to loosen the boundary up so much that they think it's okay to do that. You know, because I definitely don't want them to do that again <laughs> because I was yeah. sitting here ready and I've wasted my time. Um, so that is a really difficult one, you know, to communicate um, that we are curious about what's going on for them and that it's okay that this is part of the coaching to talk about this. And, but also we don't want to make too many assumptions. You know, we don't want to say, hey, I'm sure this is uh, showing up in other parts of your life and, you know, I'm sure you probably miss mm -hmm. other sessions or whatever it is. We need to be very careful to bracket what we think this is about, um, but still check in and open the door for them um, to, to tune into this next session and still use the space. 
really nice. Mm. We, we got a question, I think, was well, Susanna said, reflecting on our own coaching so powerful. And then Faye said, can we come in a space of understanding once our coachee cancels or rebook the session? Maybe our coachee is not emotionally ready that day. Hmm. Just trying to bring up the comments again. Can we come in a space of understanding once a coachee cancels or rebook this? Yeah, so for, for me, I think it's, you know, getting present with them. And I personally don't like messages and emails. I just, you know, don't want to, I personally don't like going too deep into there. I personally like yeah. to bring them back into the session so where we can reconnect you know, have that report again, be present with them, and again, create a safe space and, and see what, what's come up. And I think what you said is brilliant, unique. It's just really just showing up, you know, without an agenda, not necessarily thinking, well, there must be a connection there, you know, and, you know, and, and just, mm-hmm. just seeing what comes up in the moment. If you, and mm-hmm. if you think there's connection, bring it up, but you might mm-hmm. be wrong, right? just actually seeking permission there because and i and also as a coach being willing to being willing to screw up being willing to make mistakes mm-hmm. sometimes you might say something that's not that's not as useful mm-hmm. right i don't and know again, if that's yeah yeah and again it comes down to the contracting and recontracting you know once we've agreed on something it doesn't mean that that's set in stone forever now you know, um, a, a client that has missed a session and then they're booked in the next session, you know, you, have, you will probably have a conversation about that. Um, you know, I was, I was here waiting, not to, like, I don't say that because I want to make you feel bad, but I'm saying that so we can find a very productive way of working together, mm-hmm. you know, um, something that works for both of us. Um, if you agree uh, on something in the beginning, you know, you may get charged for the session, then they should be very clear that that's what will happen. Um, you know, um, and I, I, people, most clients who've canceled a very short notice, they actually said uh, in the email canceling already, please charge me for the session. You know, even if I then didn't, um, they, they accepted the commitment to working together in this way because we had contracted very clearly. So I think that's why it's so important. That it's more difficult when somebody books in a consultation, you know, the very first conversation and we haven't had those kind of conversations, but it works really well if a client has already agreed to work with you. And so those conversations, many of those conversations, if you do contracting really well, then many of those conversations are not even a concern anymore, you know, because you've, you've agreed on it in the beginning and people are clear. Yeah. It's something we mentioned actually before we start recording is most people actually don't know how to be a great client. And sometimes we can help them by just having that conversation about, you know, what's worked in our experience. And again, doing that from a place of, you know, playfulness and being open, not necessarily, well, this is kind of like how you have to do it. This is the framework, right? So like, I I never, I never really created time after my sessions. And one of my coach said, hey, what about, you know, he said, he shared his experience and he said, are you willing to try this? I said, okay. And having that an hour or half an hour after my own session with my coach and actually looking over my notes again and thinking, well, you know, mm-hmm. integrating, thinking what was, what's the use for this? What can I take out of this session? Right. I absolutely love that. Um, and you mentioned that before that somebody's writing a book about how to be a great client. Um, yeah. I, yeah. There's I, a coach in America 
called um, Karen Davis, and she's an amazing coach, and um, she's actually working on a book. I think it's called How to Be a Great Client. Yeah. This is so cool because I love working with coaches for that matter. You know, when I coach coaches, they know how they don't have an understanding of how coaching works, you know, so you, the contracting is a lot easier because they already have a framework for it, you know, then you need to do some tweaks, but like generally coaches understand what would makes a good client, you know, it's not necessarily that they all are great clients on the basis of that um, but they they understand mm. that if you make some time before to reflect on what you would like to bring into the session and you make some time after for reflection maybe you journal on your progress or you know you, you're generally quite self-aware and quite reflective you've done a lot of your own work already so you know you're you're appreciative that you know about bracketing assumptions and how you relate to each other they know about the coaching process well enough that they can kind of work themselves. And uh, sometimes you just need to hold space and somebody goes through their own process. Um, so it's, it's a beautiful uh, idea to, you know, teach clients how to be good clients. Um, it's fantastic to me how many don't actually consider what would, what would make them good clients and what, how they could get the most out of their coaching process. Um, yeah. But again, it's one of those things that is useful to, to, talk about um in that consultation or in that first session how can you make the best use of the space you know perhaps some recommendations or perhaps some questions about you know how how they are because how many coaching i mean i was flabbergasted by the amount of clients who have done seemingly no put no thought into what we've talked about between one session and the next you know especially where the organization mm. pays for the coaching and then they, they come into the next session and then they start thinking about what had happened between the last time we've met and now okay. um and what's developed and then you know you need to be much more structured in your kind of approach um uh, checking into progress or thoughts they've had um i, I always found that very curious And I think there's something yeah. about, you know, not paying a lot or not paying at all because it's from a sponsor um, that uh, elicits these kind of behaviors. Well, I'm, I'm going to be a bit vulnerable here and actually share something that, you know, I haven't shared openly is that I paid, I think this is one year, or one half year ago, I paid thousands a month for a coach and I had two sessions. And I think the first four sessions, I would just show up in sessions, literally like rush into the session and the coach would be, well, What would make today useful? I'm like, I'm the, I don't know. And we just get on to random topics. And he helped me really slow down and use my sessions in a different way by saying, well, why don't you do this? Why, why don't you try this? Oh, sorry. Why don't you try this? Why don't you, you know, during the week, just write some things that come up for you that could be useful in the session, right? So, and, and by the way, that at that time, that was quite a lot of money for me. That was a stretch in terms of investing but I still didn't use it properly, right? Because I've put so much time and attention into becoming a better coach, but not much thought into, well, how can I be a better client? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we had sessions every two weeks and then something else that's been really useful is the idea of listening to sessions in between sessions. So all of a sudden it felt like I had coaching every week because I could just listen to that session and I was like, mm -hmm. and I would get something else out of it, mm -hmm. right? So for people yeah. that are listening to this, you know, you know, wherever you are on that spectrum, mm -hmm. you know, be okay with that and just think about how can I improve a little bit? Because mm -hmm. I was a really bad client at one point, right? Mm -hmm. And I would just come to sessions and, you know, there wasn't really much thought to it. You know, there's a lot of, you know, money being paid there, but I wasn't getting a lot out of it because I would just show up and 
you go, well, maybe we can talk about this or maybe we can go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why like, I often tell students that you know, the more you charge a client, um, the more they actually get from the coaching. Mm -hmm. um, because one of like I had two coaches in a in a row shortly after each other, and one I paid very little, like uh, sixty pounds a session, and the other one I paid like five hundred a session. And uh, the first one was the much better coach in terms of coaching skills, but his assistant had to chase me up to book the next session, and then I was on the phone and I hadn't thought about what I wanted to talk about. You know, whereas the other one, I went there, I traveled quite a bit and I blocked like, you know, four or five hours in my calendar for it. And I was on point. I knew exactly what I wanted to talk about. And I've done a lot of the work. And, you know, most of what he had to do was just to hold space for me to do the work. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was quite incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, Julie, Julie also just mentioned, you know, that we, we, um, we, we often just go to our self-doubt, you know, oh, this, this must be about me. And she, uh, she talked about a client who uh, she thought it was because, you know, I, obviously I must have done something wrong, um, bad coach in some way. Um, but it was just a client being really, really busy and then actually booking more sessions in and rebooking a package. So um, it's, it's good to see how, how coaches quite often go to this uh, modus operandi of, oh, this must be about me. when a much better position is to get really curious about what's going on for them. You know, not pushing all the responsibility away from us. You know, there might be something that we've done wrong. There might be something, maybe we were too leading or we, you know, didn't work with accountability as we had in our last, last episode. Um, maybe we didn't work with accountability in a way that took the dependency away or maybe we didn't contract well enough so that there was an opening or that the client felt safe to come into the next session without having done anything. Um, so these are questions I think we should ask ourselves, we should reflect on, um, but not go to as a, as a template position for why a client has miss, is missing a session. Mm. Nikki, do you want any concluding thoughts? Could we you know, go? Because this, this came straight from Not you. So much. Um, yeah, honestly, it's been, it's been a great conversation. I mean, one thing I definitely feel, and that's been on my kind of agenda is, yeah, to, to come up with a contract just to kind of clarify a few things. Um, and just cre to create kind of a clear understanding with clients. And I think that, you know, that it has multiple benefits, both practical and in terms of, of accountability and commitment wise for the client. Um, and I mean, definitely, you know, uh, I feel like a lot of what you guys said definitely resonated with how I experienced the cancellation. You know, my, my thought was, oh, you know, I wonder why that's happened and I wonder, you know, hopefully we'll get a chance in the next session to speak about what went on there and, you know, understand the client's perspective from that point of view. And yet, you know, I think we also spoke a little bit about kind of, you know, the practical side of, you know, the being a coach and if that were to happen regularly and ongoingly, you know, also having kind of a personal kind of, um, not a, not a not a boundary, but like also knowing how to navigate that so it doesn't become you know to the detriment of the coach if it's always or continuously with with one person. So I think you know there's multiple things I took away here that I'm going to think about more and where I feel like yeah I have some good good things to to go away with. Awesome. Thank you both. Oh, you're you could, very you, welcome. You could, you could also just next time just send them uh, what what's the guys. How to be a good client the book no we have um we have a show in in uk right there was a show called the apprentice right mm -hmm. what's oh, the yeah. guy that would run it the I love sugar i've never watched yeah, it yeah Lord sugar 
Yeah, exactly. No so sugar. You could you can also just have fun and just send them like a gift with Lord Sugar and you know you're fired. Ah yeah, the the, the apprentice got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Have fun, have fun with it. Thank you. I will. That was great, guys. Then you do a shark tank and the, the client with the best idea gets coaching. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be a new idea. Yeah. Anyway, guys, if you enjoyed this, uh, you know, um, you can support our channel in, in various ways. Uh, there's lots more episodes. I think we are on about, uh, we have 10 online. We have another five, six on the shelf. Um, if you have more questions for us, something you'd be really interested in, do let us know. Um, there's a form where you can submit questions. Uh, if you Google talking about coaching, uh, you'll find us, I'm sure. Um, and we're always interested in, in what you have to say about these things. You know, if you have any questions or stories from cancellations or how you handle things, uh, we'd love to know. Yeah. And with that, I'll, uh, I'll leave you to go into the ether of coaching and uh, looking forward to seeing you next time. Hey, everybody. If you found this conversation helpful for you and your coaching practice, then there's a couple of ways that you can support the podcast and stay up to date with future episodes. Obviously, you can subscribe on here on YouTube if that's your jam. If you want to get it straight into your inbox, never miss an episode, uh, there's a link in the description to can sign up for our mailing list. You can uh, leave us a review or follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And uh, come join us on Facebook. Um, we'll get the conversation going there. Uh, obviously, leave us a comment. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. And uh, any way you choose to do that, uh, tell a friend, whatever you want to do. We really appreciate it. And we hope you get a lot out of it. So see you next time.